Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same top menu bar, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is... Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting our reading in Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, with the introduction. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson... 345, 325. All things I think I see reflect ideas. And so let me, uh, let me turn to you, Lori, and ask if you have one of your wonderful enuminal <laughs> openings for this call. I was really happy uh, to find this one, Lemoyne, uh, because I needed to experience a different effect than I was experiencing this morning. And so I found this poem from Shailen Harkin in her book called Susceptible to Light that I think reflects all things I think I see reflect ideas. The poem is called Judgment Day. What if, quote-unquote, Judgment Day... I'll start again. What if so-called judgment day consists of grouping together all the people you acted in dumb ways around in this absurd life as you are waking up from those damn fool ways we are all waking up from, by the way, and laughing or grieving our hearts back into tenderness together now that we finally understand? <laughs> All things I think I see reflect ideas. Amen. I love it. That is so cute. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, I need a little <laughs> change today this morning, too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lori. Um, that is about is about point of view. Okay, um, let me go through the list of who I have in reading. I have Lori, Harrison, Karen, and Jennifer. With us in listening, I have Judy, Robin Marie, 
Pat and Wendy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to say good morning and either join the reading list or say hi? You forgot to put me in, Fran. Oh, I'm sorry, Fran. That's okay. Let's see. Put you between Lori and Harrison. All right. Well, that was easy. Thank you, Fran. And, uh, Okay, we'll go ahead and get us started then in Chapter 31, the introduction of the simplicity of salvation. How simple is salvation? All it says is what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true, and what is true cannot be false? You can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You have been told exactly how to tell one from the other and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not such simple things? And Lori. Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. Section 1, Introduction. How simple is salvation? All it says is what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true and what is true cannot be false? You can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You have been told exactly how to tell one from the other and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not such simple things? There is a reason, but confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you learn. It teaches but the very obvious. It merely goes from one apparent lesson to the next in easy steps which lead you gently from one to another with no strain at all. This cannot be confusing, yet you are confused. Or somehow you believe that what is totally confused is easier to learn and understand. What you have taught yourselves is such a giant learning feat. It is indeed incredible. But you accomplished it because you wanted to and did not pause in diligence to judge it hard to learn or too complex to grasp. 
Oh, you know what? I just noticed um, Lemoyne must have gotten disconnected. So I think, Fran, you would be next. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Two, there is a reason. But confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you to learn. It teaches but the very obvious. It merely goes from one apparent lesson to the next in easy steps which lead which led you gently from one to another with no strain at all. This cannot be confusing, yet you are confused. For somehow you believe that what is totally confused is easier to learn and understand. Well, you have taught yourselves with such a giant learning feat, it is indeed incredible. But you accomplished it because you wanted to and did not pause in diligence to judge it hard to learn or too complex to grasp. Three, no one who understands what you have learned, how carefully you have learned it, and the pains to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form you could conceive of them could ever doubt the power of your learning skill. There is no greater power in the world. The world was made by it and even now depends on nothing else. The lessons you have taught yourselves have been so overlearned and fixed they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not you cannot learn them, for your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. Uh, thanks, Fran. And then I think Harrison. No one who understands what you have learned, how carefully you learned it, and the pains to which, to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form, in every form you could conceive of them, could ever doubt the power of your learning skill. There is no greater power in the world. The world was made by it, and even now depends on nothing else. The lessons you have taught yourselves have been so overlooked and fixed they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not you cannot learn them. For you that your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. For 
who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy. Yes, you have learned more than this. You have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint until the world was built that suited you. And every lesson that makes up the world arises from the first accomplishment of learning. An enormity so great, the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself. In exile from home where God himself established him, you have taught yourselves the son of God is guilty. Say not that you cannot learn the simple thing salvation teaches you. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. Number four. Who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy? Yet you have learned more than this. You have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint, until the world was built that suited you. And every lesson that makes up the world arises from the first accomplishment of learning. An enormity so great, the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself, in exile from the home where God himself established him. You who have taught yourselves the Son of God is guilty, say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. Five, learning is an ability you made and gave yourselves. It was not made to do the will of God, but to uphold a wish that it could be opposed and that a will apart from it was more real than it. And this has learning sought to demonstrate, and you have learned what it was made to teach. Now does your ancient overlearning stand implicable before the voice of truth and teach you that its lessons are not true, too hard to learn, too difficult to see, and too opposed to what is really true. Yet you will learn them, for their learning is the only purpose for your learning skill the Holy Spirit sees in all the world. His simple lessons in forgiveness have a power 
mightier than yours because they call from God and from yourself to you. Thank you, Karen. And Jennifer. Learning is an ability you made and gave yourself. It was not made to do the will of God, but to uphold a wish that it could be opposed, and that a will apart from it was yet more real than it. And this has learning sought to demonstrate, and you have learned what it is was made to teach. Now does your ancient overlearning stand implacable, implacable before the voice of truth and teach you that its lessons are not true, too hard to learn, too difficult to see, and, and too opposed to what is really true. Yet you will learn them, for their learning is the only purpose for your learning skill the Holy Spirit sees in all the world. His simple lessons in forgiveness have a power mightier than yours because they call from God and from your, yourself to you. Six, is this a little voice? So small and still, it cannot rise above the senseless noise of sounds which have no meaning. God will not his son forget him. And the power of his will is the voice that speaks for him. Which lesson will you learn? What outcome is inevitable? Sure is God and far beyond all doubt and question. Can it be your little learning, strange in outcome, and incredible in difficulty, with, will, will withstand the simple lessons being taught to you in every moment of each day since time began and learning had been made? Thank you, Jennifer. And is there a new reader for paragraphs six and seven? I'm Ooh. awake now. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Robin Marie. I'll go ahead. <laughs> okay. Six. Is this a little voice? Small and still, yes, cannot rise above the senseless noise of sounds which have no meaning. God willed not his son forget him, and the power of his will is in the voice that speaks for him. Which lesson will you learn? What outcome is inevitable, sure as God, and far beyond all doubt and question? Can it be your little learning, strange in outcome and incredible in difficulty, will withstand the simple lessons being taught to you? 
and every moment of each day. Since time began and learning had been made. Seven, the lessons to be learned are only two. Each has its outcome in a different world, and each world follows surely from its source. The certain outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guilty is the world you see. It is a world of terror and despair, nor is there hope of happiness in it. There is no plan for safety you can make that ever will succeed. There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. Yet this is not the only outcome which your learning can produce. However much you may have overlearned your chosen task, the lesson which reflects the love of God is stronger still. And you will learn God's Son is innocent and see another world. Thank you, Robin Murray and Judy. Yes, thank you, Lemoy. The lessons to be learned are only two. Each has its outcome in a different world, and each world follows surely from its source. The certain outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guilty is the world you see. It is a world of terror and despair, nor is there hope of happiness in it. Nor, or, excuse me, there is no plan for safety here. My eyes aren't tracking. There is no plan for safety you can make that ever will succeed. There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. (laughs) Yet this is not the only outcome which your learning can produce. However, However much you may have overlearned your chosen task, the lesson which reflects the love of God is stronger still. And you will learn God's Son is innocent and see another world. The outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard, misunderstood, nor left unanswered in the self-same tongue in which the call was made. And you will understand It was this call that everyone and everything within the world has always made, but you had not perceived it as it was. And now you see you were mistaken. You had been deceived by forms the call was hidden in, and so you did not hear it and had lost a friend who always wanted to be part of you the soft, eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world the second lesson brings. (sighs) 
Thank you, Judy. And is there a new reader for paragraphs eight and nine? A new reader for paragraphs eight and nine? In the introduction to chapter 31. Okay, back to you, Lori. The outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless is a world which, in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard, misunderstood, nor left unanswered in the self-same tongue in which the call was made. And you will understand it was this call that everyone and everything within the world has always made, but you had not perceived it as it was. And now you see you were mistaken. You have been deceived by the forms the call was hidden in, and so you did not hear it, and had lost a friend who always wanted to be a part of you. The soft, eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world, this second lesson brings. That God's Son is guiltless. Paragraph 9, there is no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole, and that you do not leave its call unheard. Without your answer is it left to die, as it is saved from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient called to life, and understood that it is but your own. The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. But only if his son is innocent can he be love. For God were fear indeed if he whom he created innocent could be a slave to guilt. God's perfect son remembers his creation, but in guilt he has forgotten what he really is. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. Nine. There is no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave its call unheard. Without your answer is it left to die, as it is saved from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life and understood that it is but your own. The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. But only if his son is innocent can he be loved. For God were fear indeed if he whom he created innocent could be a slave to guilt. God's perfect son remembers his creation, but in guilt he has forgotten what he really is. 10. The fear of God results as surely from the lesson that his son is guilty as God's love must be remembered when he learns his innocence. For hate must father fear and look upon its father as itself. How wrong are you who fail to hear the call that echoes past each seeming call to death, that sings behind each murderous attack and pleads 
that love restored the dying world. You do not understand who calls to you beyond each form of hate, each call to war. Yet you will recognize him as you give him answer in the language that he calls. He will appear when you have answered him, and you will know in him that God is love. Thank you, Bryn and Harrison. The fear of God results surely from the lesson that his son is guilty, as God's love must be remembered when he learns his innocence. For hate must father fear and look upon its father as itself. How wrong are you who failed to hear the call that echoes past each seeming call to death that seems behind each murderous attack and pleads that love restore the dying world. You do not understand who, capital W, calls to you beyond each form of hate, each call to war. Yet you will recognize, capital H, him, as you give him answer in the language that he calls. He will appear when you have answered him, and you will know in him that God is love. Eleven. What is temptation but a wish to make the wrong decision on what you would learn and have an outcome that you do not want. It is the recognition that it is a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed. Another outcome seemed to be, another outcome seemed to be preferred. You are deceived if you believe you want disaster and disunity and pain. Hear not the call for this within yourself, but listen, rather, to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy and all the world would give you joy and peace. For as you hear, you answer. And behold, your answer is the proof of what you learned. Its outcome is the world you look upon.
Thank you, Harrison and Karen. Eleven. What is temptation but a wish to make the wrong decision on what you would learn and have an outcome that you do not want? It is the recognition that it is a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed. Another outcome seemed to be preferred. You are deceived if you believe you want disaster and disunity and pain. Hear not the call for this within yourself, but listen rather to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy. And all the world will give you joy and peace. For as you hear, you answer. And behold, your answer is the proof of what you learned. Its outcome is the world you look upon. Well, let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we had, and every preconception which we hold of things mean, of what things mean, and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image held of anyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. Be innocent of judgment unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now do you know him not, but you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. Now is he born again to you, and you are born again to him without the past that sentenced him to die, and you with him. Now is he free to live as you are free because an ancient learning passed away and left a place for truth to be reborn. Thank you, Karen and Jennifer. Let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we had, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image held of anyone be loosened from our mind and swept away. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now, do you know him not? But you are free to learn of him and learn of him 
anew. Now is he born again to you, and you are born again to him without without the past that sends him to die, and you with him. Now is he free to live as you are free, because an ancient learning passed away and left the place for truth to be reborn. Well, thank you, Jennifer, and everyone who read this morning, everyone who's listening. I think it's entirely appropriate <clears throat> that at this point I just ask you to give your attention to Bran and uh, and as she leads us in today's lesson. So over to you, Bran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. The theme that we're on is what is creation? On today's lesson is lesson 325. All things I think I see reflect ideas. Wow. (laughs) So I'm going to read the first two paragraphs on what is creation and then we'll go over to the lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts in number infinite and everywhere without all limit. Only love creates and only like itself. There was no time when all that it created was not there. Nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any change. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were, as they are, unchanged through time and after time is done. God's thoughts are given all the power that their own creator has, for he would add to love by its extension. Thus his son shares in creation and must therefore share in power to create. What God has willed to be forever one will still be one when time is over and will not be changed throughout the course of time, remaining as it was before the thought of time began. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 325. All things I think I see reflect ideas. This is salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. From there, the mind makes up an image of the thing the mind desires, judges valuable, and therefore seeks to find. These images are then projected outward, looked upon, esteemed as real, and guarded as one's own. From insane wishes comes an insane world. From judgment comes a world condemned. And from forgiving thoughts, a gentle world comes forth with mercy for the Holy Son of God to offer him a kindly home 
where he can rest a while before he journeys on and help his brothers walk ahead with him and find the way to heaven and to God. Our Father, your ideas reflect the truth and mine apart from yours but make up dreams. Let me behold what only yours reflect for yours and yours alone establish truth. Lesson 325, all things I think I see reflect ideas. Five minutes.
Lesson 325. All things I think I see reflect ideas. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Thank you, friend. Thank you. I love the the first line in this lesson when he says, this is salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. Wow. Love that. Makes it so clear and complete. Yeah. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Sure does. It's it's just so neat how this lesson seems to dovetail with um, today's reading. The lesson says to me that what I see outside of me, what my eyes are showing me, comes from a thought within. If I perceive anger, attacks, loss, sin, even war and death, I see a shadow of the original separation thought that I made real in my mind. The thought that I'm separate from God. If I perceive only love or for love. It's important. I see a reflection of the atonement that I chose for my truth within the dream. The dream of separation. That first, second, or first sentence, what I see 
reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with an idea of what I want. And if we just think about it a bit, when I look at my iPhone, how did it come to be? It started with an idea in Steve Jobs' mind, that's it was him. But it's also true of my teacup, my glass, my eyeglasses. They all started with an idea in somebody's mind. And from there, the mind makes up an image of the thing the mind desires, judges valuable, and therefore seeks to find. That's how we came up with the world we see. So how do we undo this process? that we've come up with, that we constantly reinforce every minute, every second of the day. Everything we see reflects this process. Paragraph 12 of the reading. It's just such a powerful one for me. Every time we read it, let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we have, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what the purpose is. That's everything I think I see. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We don't know. Let every image held of anyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. All starts within the mind. There is nothing outside of my mind. And when I can't understand and accept that, it changes everything. 
I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. That was just oh. so straightforward. Thank you. Yeah, that was great, Harrison. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harrison. You're so right. Thank you, Harrison. It was good to hear you. You know, this is Ida. Good morning, my loving family. I've been on a couple few dating apps in the past month or so, and so far nothing has worked out with anybody. I continue to be hopeful, but there's a lot more guys, especially on the green one, that's for more eco-conscious and spiritually conscious people, but I'm not always hopeful because sometimes I think, well, you know, you know, I shouldn't put myself down. I'm a great gal and I'm beautiful and intelligent and all that stuff, you know. But maybe it's just that I'm in the appropriate place now with the perfect people now, such as it is, even though it's not a, you know, a close relationship like that. But um, it's like Harrison said, and like the like the lesson today says, it's in my mind, it's my perception. All things I see reflect. He didn't say they reflect solid things that can't be changed, you know, and solid people that that can't evolve. He said they reflect ideas. Of course, I'm telling this to myself out loud. Thanks for hearing me. Uh, you know, so if I'm in the perfect place with the perfect people and the perfect design of the relationships I have now, why do I have to go looking for anybody else? You know, why that may be just, it may be a soul thing. I'm not sure. Maybe the ego, maybe some of both. I don't know yet, but like I said, thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing. And uh, I love you guys and gals and I'm complete. Love you too, Ida. Great application. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome, <laughs> Lori. All things, all things. It could be the the dog that keeps barking next door, or the noisy neighbor next door that won't stop playing the the loud music, and you know. And it could be a war or a famine, God forbid. Anywhere in the world, little things, big things, because of course we all know that little or big. 
There's no difference to God. I forgot the way he says it in the Course, but we know that's what it means. There's no difference in healing. There's no difference in miracles. They all require the same thing, whether it's whether it's a, a world war or a hangnail. You know, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes that boggles my mind for sure, but I keep coming back to that facts and the other facts in the Course, and I know you all do too. Thanks again. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Good morning. It's Karen. Um, so our reading today and our lesson today seem to be so perfect together. Um, our perception is based on what we want to see. It's our wish fulfilled, basically. Do we see a world that um, stems from condemnation and fear? Or do we see the world of um, innocence? You know, do we see a world that is generated from our guilt? Or a world that's generated by truth, falsehood or truth? So in the reading today, it was saying um, that it's up to us to make the choice. And the choice unrecognized is a problem. When it's not recognized, this is our choice. Do we see the world one way or the other? And um, on the first call, on the lesson call, uh, someone shared that she was meditating on a lesson from a few days ago that God only asks that we sacrifice the suffering and our pain. And that's what God wants us to sacrifice, to give up. And I've been so struggling with an emotional reaction that I have to something. It's as if my ego mind is screaming, I don't like this and I don't want it to be this way. And so when this person on the call said, you know, God is asking us to give up, to sacrifice what's causing our pain. I thought, well, I feel very guilty because I know this isn't a spiritual thought that I have, but I was feeling helpless and I was feeling triggered and I was kind of seeing it from the ego's world of psychology and stuff like that. And I was thinking, oh, I need to process this negative feeling because I know I'm projecting it but it's not about what I think, what's happening on the outer plane, and I understand that, but I was still feeling like it was real, still feeling identified with it, still feeling identified with the pain, that I don't like this, this is intolerable, I can't take this, I can't take this, and I feel this part of me inside that's screaming and screaming in resistance to what's going on. And then suddenly today, I had read the lesson and I had read the um, introduction to Chapter 31 prior to the lesson call. But during the lesson call, all of a sudden it was like, you can observe this painful reaction and recognize, oh, this is falsehood. I won't give it my power 
I do not need to identify with it. It doesn't mean I'm going to suppress it. It doesn't mean I'm going to do some spiritual psychobabble to avoid it or even to reframe it because then that gets into, like, I don't know, manipulating. But it doesn't mean that. It means um, I have this feeling and it's coming from my lower self. It isn't real. It's not truth. It doesn't come from love. I don't know what it is, but it isn't me. And I can let it be there. I'm not, I'm not inviting it to stay, but I'm certainly, if I give it my power, if I go, ah, I can't stand this feeling, or I need to run away from this situation because I'm triggered, it's one, either one of those options is, is saying that it's real on some level. So anyway, it was just an interesting way to take the idea of these two worlds, a world that stems from forgiveness, perception of a world that stems from truth and love and merciful forgiveness, or the world that stems from the crazy, insane, negative, egoic suffering. And I still have these emotions, and I'm still praying to, to so hard. You don't know how hard I'm praying to God that if there's something on my part that is supposed to happen, you know, if Cain is my teacher, just let me feel it. If that's what God wants me to do, I mean, to release it, to transform it, if I have to feel it, let me feel it without identifying with it. Let me feel it without giving it any power. Let it pass through if that's what, if that's what it's supposed to be. Or let me just start to recognize it's falsehood. It's nothing. It's an illusion. And so in the paragraph, I believe it was paragraph 10, it said um, that choice unrecognized is the problem. So let me, let me recognize it and give it to the Holy Spirit, and thank you for listening. I'm complete. That, thank you, Toya. Thank you, Karen. Thank yeah, you, Karen. it was. And yesterday, it's Robin Marie, I was reading, I unfortunately often look at my, the news on my phone. I'm like, okay, I should be drawing pictures, but I want to know what's happening. And I just was, uh, felt so um, in my gut, horrible about little children walking around with T-shirts saying FJB. Um, and I'm like okay, what can I do with that? And I was thinking, well, it could be fantastic or it could be forgiven. How about forgiven, JB? <laughs> and forgive the people who are making little children who have no idea about this political war that we're in walk around with something like that on their bodies. So anyway, that was really helpful, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thank, Thank you, Thank you, Robin Marie. I think we're going to have our hands full in 2024 practicing everything. Thank you. Yeah, we have our hands full now.
one of the things that today reading and lesson seems to have taught me is if everything begins with an idea, and it's not just my idea, but it could be anyone's idea. Um, and so, uh, what the television shows me is somebody's idea about what seems to be happening in the world. Television news I'm thinking about. And all of the things that people seem to do to each other start with an idea that they think they are doing it. There's a line in the course that says, when I thought my brother did to me, did not occur. I think that's the definition of the course's idea of forgiveness. And if I apply that to everything I see, what I thought happened did not occur. What I think is happening is not occurring. She's liberating. I'm complete. Uh, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. You couldn't have said it more true. Thank you, Harrison. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, oh, sometimes I don't like to look at the way I'm feeling things. And the way, the way I'm feeling things seems to have such a profound effect on the way I see things. And, and this morning I was having one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> and after a while I've I've kind of noticed this thing that happens that somehow somehow circumstances arrange themselves so that I can see what's happening in my life at exactly the right time that a lesson lands <laughs> so that I can have the perfect environment in which to compare what's going on with me with what's on offer in the lesson. You ever have that experience? Like, I don't know why all of a sudden I feel this way today, but gee whiz, I'm glad I do because now I see what the lesson means. 
Um, and maybe that's just my attempt to depersonalize it a little bit, but it seems like that happens sometimes. And um, and today was one of those days. And I, how did I get in this predicament? I mean, two days ago, I could feel the love of God within me now. And, and today, uh, I'm feeling alone and abandoned. How does that happen? You know what I'm saying, kind of? Um, a day of variability that I didn't realize I'd asked for but somehow I did because I'm having it and I'm having it at the perfect time that I get the lesson all things I think I see reflect ideas well I have some pretty screwy ideas sometimes <laughs> that's all I can say and I'm experiencing the effect of, of one of those ideas. And 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 I can tell you um, where it came from. Um, it came from a thought in my mind. And it was a thought in my mind that I didn't like. And so I dressed that thought up and I gave it to someone else. And now I see it. And I don't know why I did that, but I did. Does it matter why I did it? Well, to um, to the part of me that would like to uh, find a person responsible for this situation. Oh yeah, it matters. Yeah, um, there must be someone responsible for this situation. If it isn't me. Um, but it is me and now my mind goes well you did this thing you did this thing and you can see how you did this thing and you did it by um, losing track of who you are and that caused you to lose track of who everybody else is and when you lose track of who everybody else is you experience the effect of those thoughts which is loneliness and alienation and and um, and and looking around for someone to blame for it. It seems like I do that same thing over and over and over again <laughs> um, as I go along. And you know, I can look at it one of two ways. I can say to myself, "Well, for shame on you, boy, you're a slow learner." Or I can say. Look how you've accelerated your learning curve so that you can unlearn this way of doing things. Look at how the universe is responding to your real desire to know the truth. It's giving you situation after situation where you can see uh, for yourself how it is you do this thing. And that's uh, the gift, I think, that's embedded in these 12 paragraphs. The ego part of my mind would say, for heaven's sakes, are you ever going to get this thing? <laughs> my right mind is saying, um, I am grateful for every opportunity where I can see how my mind sets up a situation that represents my own self-rejection and then blames it on the world. I don't like that, says 
um, my ego mind. <laughs> I don't like it one bit, and I'm going to have a, a big old fit about it. But my right mind says, thank you. Thank you once again. I've taken this thing. I've taken this idea in my mind, this idea of rejection. I've dressed it up in someone else's clothes and then felt the consequences of how that idea operates on my mind. And that's the gift in paragraph 11. You know, it is the recognition of a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means, the means whereby the choice is reassessed and another outcome seemed to be preferred. It is the recognition that is the state of mind unwanted. And Karen, when you said, oh wait, no, there's a part of my mind that can step back and observe this without becoming identified with it, you said it all. That's everything. <laughs> You know, and then when I recognize it's the state of mind unwanted, um, the most appropriate response, of course, is to remember truth. How do I do that? Except through forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift for whose mind? Mine. Forgiveness is that act of mind that says, oh, I did this thing. It is this I would undo. I did this thing. I did this thing um, of rejection or I did this thing of blame or I did this thing of fault finding or I did this thing of of judgment. It's always judgment. It's always judgment. Always. It wears different clothes uh, but it's always judgment. I did this thing and it's this I wouldn't do. I found something I didn't like in myself and I attributed it to someone else and now I experience the effect of what that attribution not reality but that attribution that's why here's the thing that's so important to recognize it is the recognition of the state of mind unwanted I don't like to feel this way and like you said I can I can follow it all the way through you know uh, well it started like four days ago when this happened and blah blah does that help me does that help me no that doesn't help me at all that makes me feel more to blame for what happened and blame is the problem in the first place blame is the problem in the first place that's why remembering my innocence remembering I am as I was created remembering I have not changed myself remembering that God has not changed his mind about me remembering that all is well in the kingdom remembering that uh, I feel the love of God within me now um, is the sure correction it's always the sure correction because it um, it restores my mind it's the state of mind unwanted how do I how do I um, restore my mind except through taking a 
a big old washing atonement, you know. I can I can castigate myself and and do all sorts of crazy things with how I don't like how I feel. Or I can uh, turn to forgiveness and release my mind from this unwanted thought. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Am I still as God created me? Yes. And that's all. Um, and that's all. That's all. That's everything. And um, and then I need to sit after that happens. I need to sit in the silence until the Holy Spirit um, gives me what I need in order to laugh at myself. Oh, <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? I did that thing again, didn't I? And just like in today's lesson, or today's opening, Judgment Day consists of grouping together all the people you acted in dumb ways around in this absurd life as you were waking up from, from all the foolish ways that you used to see everybody and then laughed and grieved our hearts back into tenderness together until we finally understand that in point of fact um, we are love loving, lovable if Sandra were here that's what she'd say I've heard her say it so many times love lovable, loving and um and sometimes we can be pretty stupid. <laughs> but um, we're all waking up together. I can laugh at it um, when I remember uh, I haven't changed myself. And neither has anyone else. The other thing, the final thing I wanted to say is Lesson 189 helps me a lot in this correction I feel the love of God within me now in that lesson um, he said you will feel you will look upon what you feel within you will look upon what you feel within and in that lesson I feel the love of God within me now he asks us to come with open hands empty your mind of everything you taught yourself forget everything isn't that um, just the perfect echo of what paragraph says paragraph 12 says be innocent of judgment aware of any thought in the past of any thought in the future be empty of everything just everything let it all go you don't know anything from the past you don't know anything from the future any thought that ever crossed your mind let it go and in that open place in that open place we don't have to tell God how to come to us he will blaze the path of himself it says in lesson 189 that's exactly what paragraph 12 says I have done this thing I have given you my old garment to wear and now I see you don't look good in it well I'm the one who did that and that was unnecessary because there is no old garment and all is well and now I'm not seeing I'm not seeing what I felt within because I've let what I felt within go 
I'm complete. Oh, that was so good. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. I just love to um, respond to it, what you just shared. Um, for one thing, uh, over the week, the couple, last couple days, uh, someone was supposed to call me, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And my ego was going, oh, you did something wrong. Oh, they don't like you. Oh, you know. It, it, and I was like, I'm not paying any attention to that voice. <laughs> and it was so easy, you know, to say, uh, not going that, I'm not going down that road. Thank you, Course in Miracles. I don't have to interpret. And, I, and, you know, there were feelings that felt like I'm lonely or I'm sad because I feel rejected. But I was like, this isn't real at all because I don't know what, what the truth of this is. It would only be an ego interpretation. And it was such a great thing to, to have a sense of strength with those crazy thoughts. But this other thing feels like, it feels like a powerful energy inside my ego like maybe it's called rage or something like that, you know. And it's a powerful energy. And when it, it, whenever it has a chance, it tries to come up and attach itself to something outside me. And um, it terrifies me, of course, because it's the, kind of like the energy I grew up in. And I get very overwhelmed when I feel it. And the, there's a part that justifies why I'm attaching it to the outside world. And I know that that's not real. But still, the ego, is very, it still has power in this particular circumstance. It seems to have more power. But to recognize it's a state unwanted, this is a state of mind unwanted, puts a little space between me and it, so I can say it's a falsehood. Um, anyway, that was that was very helpful, and it's just it's just like, what do you do with those really powerful feelings that you know are totally false, but they keep coming back? All right, I'm complete. Thank you. Yeah, they do, and, and you know. To me, they're uh, what I call core issues, and uh, and and is in the story, you know, in the ego story, um, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. There's a plot line, and that plot line um, seems to be a recurrent uh, feature of the story. And I suppose psychologists call it core issues. And when I recognize I have a core issue, and I'll just tell you, uh, honestly, my core issue is abandonment. And so when that plot line plays out for me, um, I recognize there's one more feature of that story that my higher mind wants to be free of. And so here I am, uh, participating in the plot line again. I, I don't want that, and I can reclaim uh, my authorship by remembering my true relationship with my creator. And now I'm back in the other story, and I have no need 
to play out that abandonment. You know, because every and he says it in this reading. You know, um, the dream is always uh, some feature uh, of thought that we have a mistake about, some uh, overlearning of some lesson that features uh, guilt, unworthiness, abandonment, whatever. And um, and when I recognize, for me, when I recognize. Uh, there's a truth here rather than this story uh, take me back to truth my father it has no, nothing to do with anyone outside me has nothing to do with anyone outside me if I think it does I'm dreaming I'm I'm laying it out there on the world and then I'm blaming the world for giving it to me so take me back to truth my father <laughs> What happened in the past has no relevance to truth right now, this minute. And um, and I can laugh again because um, well because I've had enough experiences to know that the world is inside me um, and that I love it. <laughs> I love everything. Um, and when I'm not in touch with that feeling, uh, I'm running a plot line again. And it isn't what I want. And so rather than saying, for heaven's sakes, look how you're screwing this up again. I mean, really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's another feature of the plot I don't want. And I'm glad to be rid of, glad to be rid of it, you know? Just like he says, every day, every minute, every hour, you're choosing the experience you want. And somehow... Uh, and he talks about that too early on in the in the book, you know. Um, quantitatively, there's a quantitative number of times I replay this plot line uh, before I experience a qualitative shift, and that seems to be uh, the theme that runs throughout salvation. Um, once again, I'm doing this to myself and. Uh, And eventually, um, well, I'm not going to give it any eventually. I'm just not going to do that because um, it seems to be the way that when I remember truth of me in the presence of another person, that other person remembers truth of them. And to say that there's a time when I don't need correction, um, while I'm in this body, in this plane, I think is um, is an ego feature um, that sets awakening uh, out there in front of me, but it's unreachable and um, and measures distance between uh, what's perfect and what's imperfect. All of that is an ego feature. You know, there is no journey but to walk with Him. And every time I remember, you're you're the Him I'm walking with. Um, I feel more complete. And I don't think that there's a mistake in having that uh, be my experience over and over and over again. I think that's how we um, extend the truth throughout sonship. So that's that's my personal experience anyway. That's all I can say about that. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that, that reminds me, um, and <laughs> what I want to say is, thank God for that share. Sometimes I surprise myself, but that's essentially what tomorrow's reading is. You know, who goes ahead and who goes behind. There's, um, there's a deep correction there uh, that's waiting for me. Uh, every single time I make a shift out of that thing, um, that idea. So um, I don't think that's a mistake. Yeah, now I'm complete. Thanks. Good stuff. Thank you, Lori. This is Jennifer. I just want to um, um, just say to um, Lori, your share, that it's an opportunity. I see it. Um, it's just an opportunity to um, choose with God. Not easy all the time, but that's how, how I see it as well. Thanks, Jennifer. I, I feel like I stepped on you, Lemoyne, and I beg your pardon. Oh, no. Not at all. No. No, you led me right to this line <coughs> where he says, we do not know. I mean, let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we had, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. And, you know, I think, I thought to elaborate that alone, each cannot know, each alone so, I mean, that we do not know could be seen as well we're done for. We, it doesn't say we cannot know, but I believe that in the, in the, from the learning of the world, we do not know. And, you know, the world is, as it's commonly held, is, uh, is viewed through the lens of separation and a need to judge. And that is the issue that, you know, we judge to... The, the judgment's only called for if the world is seen as potentially fearful. And the fear itself is yet another judgment, not yet not justified so that this is that's a very deep level of of sweeping you know cleaning clearing i haven't really gotten into a 
a study of it, but it's to look at the the uh, the uh, um, Ho'oponopono prayer and Yulin and people who practice it. Uh, basically, what they say is keep cleaning. <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> and that that is that's what this paragraph asks us to do. And I think it helps to recognize it, it really does help as Lori you so often emphasize that you know I don't know is the is the opening from which true knowledge can begin to be perceived. This soft eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole hasn't gone away. It's still there. And it is this deep desire for peace and the sharing of joy and peace that is is actually behind all the violence people have interpreted it individually or collectively as as a call to violence but you know you can't 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 stop the killing by killing that's just not that's just doesn't make any sense at all unless you're willing to kill everyone in a certain group or something. And that is, you know, considered to be the most heinous thing in the world. So, yeah, that's that's a path that leads to destruction. And that the, uh, you know, there is no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave its call unheard. <clears throat> And the way to hear it and accept it is to recognize that well, all the learning we've taught ourselves in separation is inherently wrong. And it's not a cause for judgment. And that's what started the whole process. But it's just a call for letting go of a state of mind unwanted. So we can listen to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy. And it, <laughs> you know, either either this is all off base and, you know, it's all going to get washed away, uh, or the outcome is certain. The creation was created whole, and it's only our fractiousness that has us fighting over how to how to heal. And healing is wholeness. And so I think, you know, acceptance is the key, really. But forgiveness is is like, is being willing to find and accept the key of acceptance. <laughs> that forgiveness that this course focuses on is just the willingness to consider accepting other people, where they're at, and what they're doing. 
and where their where their mind is in this thing, thinking it's alone, when that level of being in mind is actually universal and shared. It does make sense that, you know, in much of the action of the world, that if you get enough people upset, it seems that everyone needs to be upset. And and if you think of it as a fire in our shared mind, that's, that could be upsetting. But it's only there as a state of mind because it's viewed as what's necessary in separation that we judge, classify, and separate. And, uh, and then, you know, somehow attack what is wrong. But the state of mind that is still and is able to hear that soft call, that that is where truth is available. And um, I love this definition of being born again. It's being free to learn truly of our brothers and all living things and to learn anew not as a not within the the frame or state of mind that is always ready to judge and reject but in the one that only wishes to accept <laughs> accept everything as it is, because, you know, there is a way to look at all the stuff that's going on in the world and put it in a frame that's actually hopeful, and that is that the world is in a perfect state for learning. You know, learning that there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't want, and it's not, it's not, um, required of us that we participate in any form with these things. But it is required that we recognize our part in it um, and give up that state of mind which in which the fear calls for judgment and the judgment divides and stimulates more fear, and then the cycle just keeps turning. We can be released, but it is this thing of being still an instant long enough to be, of being willing to be still and recognize that that the upsets are of our own making and that freedom exists and we can make another choice. 
as opposed to fighting and struggling. You find a way to accept and join and let the world be healed. I'm complete. That was phenomenal, Lemoyne. I'm so glad that's recording. <laughs> the world is in a perfect state for learning. Thank you. You pulled so many different um, aspects of this reading together. Thank you so much. I love it when you share. Ooh, so glad I heard it too. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, I think this is the simplicity of salvation, that it's, uh, <laughs> it's not a cause for judgment to recognize we, we screwed it up pretty bad. <laughs> but because we're doing it, we could stop, you know. But the, there's, the state of mind is what's at the root of it and the state of mind unwanted becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed. And, you know, I think what can be perfectly learned is that, or what the perfect setup is for is why, you know, part of why it looks so bad at times is that there is a deeper call beyond it for peace and joy that everyone shares and that that is the place at which real peace can be found. And, uh, yeah, complete there. I'll end the recording here, but not the call. We'll carry on. Thanks for being here.